Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to be covering Limitless Wrestling. Their show was called Hard Not to Act Reckless. It happened on April 30th in Yarmouth, Maine. And we're going to talk about that, a few other things. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I hope everyone's having a good weekend. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I don't know how many mothers are listening to the Take It Home podcast, but um, if they are and you're a mother, happy Mother's Day. Um, I hope you have a great Sunday. You should relax, kick your feet up. I still got to get my wife something, something for myself, something for the kids. Um, I'll be on that uh, this, this Saturday. Not, you know, it's just... I'm usually not a last-minute person like this, but I got a couple things up my sleeve already, but I feel I need to do a little more. So, um, you know, I got the kids all day tomorrow, so I'm going to try to figure out how to do what I need to get done tomorrow. It's going to be a very busy Saturday, a very busy weekend, like it always is at the La Rocca House here. Now, before I continue on, I want to talk about our Fight Game Media Patreon, Fight Game Media Plus, five dollars a month um as i always say it's just a cup of coffee give us a shot for one month listen to all our great content we have on there we have a very a lot of great different shows on pro wrestling on um ma boxing we got all the fight game covered um gary gonzalez and myself we do a raw 1998 uh, look back review show that comes out every month or Monday or Tuesday, depending on when we record. Sometimes we record Sunday, sometimes we record Monday night. But um, those are a lot of fun. Looking back at 1998 Raw, it's just wild and seeing how seeing the momentum that WWE is getting as they uh, you know get the strong the hold back at number one over WCW. Um, there's also Brace for Impact with Mike Gilbert and J.D. Oliva. There is a Dynamite show, the Dynamite show, and with my buddy Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins. Um, Carlo, uh, excuse me, Robert Silva does a Pound for Pound podcast. So there's a lot of stuff on there, a lot of great content. Uh, Scott does a Joshi show, so if you feel like Joshi wrestling, check that out. So, again, give us a shot. Fight Game Media Plus, $5 for, you know, and it, you know, gives us a little help, you know, gives us a little something. And we appreciate that. We appreciate all you subscribers listening out there on the Patreon. And we appreciate all of you listeners who listen to our free feed right here on Fight Game Media Network. Now, before I get into the Limitless Wrestling Review, recently on the Fight Game Media Podcast, Fight Game Media Network uh, Facebook page, excuse me. Uh, one of our uh, uh, members is a pro wrestler, a young pro wrestler who just made his pro wrestling debut. His name is Bobby Martin. He wrestles as Bobby Wasabi. And recently he, uh, like I said, made his debut and he let us know about his debut, how it felt. And he, he when he got the footage, he's going to post it. And he, and he did the other day. He posted, uh, he posted his match. And and he tagged me in it, so I definitely was looking forward to watching it, and I, and and I did. I watched it a couple times actually. Um, I also tagged my good friend 
Antonio the Promised Thomas, uh, 20-year veteran of this sport, former WWE superstar. He's wrestled the best. Um, he's a great trainer. So I really want to uh, promise Thomas to check it out and give his thoughts on the match. And so I talked to Promise today. We we, we, we talk almost every day. We just we love just talking wrestling and and family stuff. And he's going to take a look. He's going to contact Bobby personally and, and give us his critique. So I think that's pretty awesome. And really says a lot about our fight game uh, media Facebook group. Uh, we have a good good group there. Um, a lot of great discussions. So on our fight game podcast on the Wrestling Observer site, um, as Gary Gonzalez was shouting out Bobby in his debut, I mentioned, you know what? I'm going to review it for the Take It Home podcast. And and that's what I'm going to do right now. I watched this match. Again, Bobby comes, name is Russell's Bobby Wasabi. Russell, a, a, young, a young gentleman named Jay Malachi, I found out, by reading the thread where he posted the video of his debut match at this young Jay Malachi is only 18 years old, which was um, pretty impressive. Cause I was pretty impressed by this kid, um, tall, lanky kid. Um, and he showed me a lot. He showed me a lot too, as well. So again, this is Bobby's first wrestling match. Uh, Bobby is a Muay Thai fighter. Came out in the Muay Thai gear, some championship belts. He won, uh, on the, the Muay Thai circuit. And he's given it a go as a pro wrestler. I think it's great. You know, Bobby has, from what I've seen from his posts in our in our group, he's hungry to learn and, and he's done seminars and you know he just you know he's passionate to get better and he wants to learn and and so I hope this helps him out. I I'm gonna give an overall review of the match. Um Promise Thomas, you know We'll get the fine details personally to Bobby. Uh, but overall, I'm going to talk about just some of the things I saw uh, from Bobby. Match structure, um, booking of the match. Um, so I'll let Promise Thomas break down, the, the like I said, the finer details. I'm going to look at the overall, the overall match here. Um, you know, Bobby came out. Had a game face on, but also he looked very tight in there. You know, he's nervous his first match. I get it. Uh, a lot of things going on through his head, I could tell, right off the bat, just by movement in the ring. Um, when he got in the ring, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, okay, the Muay Thai fire, like, show us some boxing, show us some kicks, do like a little show for the audience, you know, give him a little, like, oh shit, this guy's a killer, right? Just look how fast his hands are. Look how, look how fast his kicks are. Just something like that. A little, little character moment there, I thought. Uh, and as he gets comfortable and as he gets uh, more confident out there, um, one of my favorite things uh, when I was younger, one of the favorite wrestlers I saw, like, just really captured my imagination was the great Muda. And I'm not saying for Bobby to paint his face and do the great Muda gimmick, but what great Muda would do, he'd come out and he, as the match for, as is, you know, as he's in the ring, he does like a little prayer. He's like praying. He's like perfectly still, perfectly still. And then, you know, the guy he was wrestling. Usually, he would do this with the enhancement guy, and the enhancement guy would be hesitant to engage the great Muda. But finally, he just would take a chance and take advantage of great Muda not concentrating on the match. He's so focused on his. This this praying, this ritual he had. 
And then as the guy got closer and thought he was gonna take is thought he was gonna take a shot, thought he was gonna gain the advantage. Great Muda sprung up, kicked him, and you know, was was off to the races. So I thought like if Bobby could do something similar to where her if he was one that to make his entrance first, go in the corner, get in a praying position on knees, like or just like just being focused, like he's just trying to find a calming point before combat and be perfectly still the whole time. You know, he I just think like people would in the audience, they never seen him before be like, What's this guy doing? Like they would wonder, like, look at this guy. He's just not moving. He's he's praying and what's he doing? And then, you know, he could figure out from there how he wants to do. If he's a heel, he can, you know, do what Muda did. Or if he's a baby face, uh, you know, the heel could really uh, kind of make fun of him, give him a bunch of crap, talk shit, be loud. And he could just be perfectly still and not even pay no attention to this heel who's just jaw jacking him while he, you know, he's going to go, he's going to get to his center. And then once he's ready, he attacks and surprise the heel. You know, he, I, I just I was thinking that when I was watching him come out. Um, the early part of his match was uh, Jay Malachi. He was playing mind games. He's teasing a lockup, but then he would walk out of the ring. He's doing like the Zabisco uh, stall, as uh, people like to call it. Zabisco popularized that. Jay White does something like that, a variation for that. Um, you know, we're just, you know, just. Oh, knowing the heel, knowing the audience, getting out. Come on, get in there. Come on. Um, Wasabi got some strikes in Malachi. Malachi took a great bump on this short little knee. He did another knee. Uh, Bobby did another knee, a little running knee that looked good too. But I really like this little short right to the right to the bread basket. And uh, and then uh, Malachi just took this great bump. He's a great little, he's a great bumper. Actually, he's a little, he's a tall guy. He's just lanky. And I want to see him get some size on him, this kid. This 18-year-old Jay Malachi. Uh, Wasabi hit Malachi with a bunch of, uh, well, before that, sorry, excuse me. I thought, of course, kind of jumping ahead here. Wasabi had a nice little flurry. And then, you know, Malachi bailed out again. Um, I thought when Malachi was... When he was taking the powder and he's stalling, I thought he could have mouthed off something like, you know what? I'm not going to play your game. This is pro wrestling. You're a Muay Thai fighter, but you don't know what it's like to be locked in a hold or whatever, you know. And then Malachi could get a hold and control him a little bit and think and say, I told you, this is my world, boy. This is my world. This is my world. You know, your Muay Thai can't. Hang with me. You can't hang in pro wrestling. And eventually get back to a vertical base. And then and then and then Bobby could surprise him with some pro wrestling. Drop down for a fireman's carry, right? Boom. Valkyrie takes a bump. Feeds up. Now a beautiful arm trap. Boom. Feed up again. Another round. Boom. And now uh Malachi retreats this time. Like, oh shit. You know, these are not only going to kick my head off, but it's kicking also wrestles. Now he has to trade. You know, now he has to think of Plan B, and that's when he takes a shortcut. That's when the cutoff happens. That's when the heel takes control. Um, Wasabi, like I said, had a flurry, nice flurry of strikes. Malachi bailed out. He's like, Malachi was able to cut him off. Um, on Wasabi's comeback, he hit a sweet looking buckshot elbow um, that Malachi took a great spin bump off of. I really like that. 
This were, uh, you know, a spin bump. A lot of guys you see will take it on clotheslines, and and some guys just do it like at the wrong part of a match, and it's I, I it's like do it when it means something, and and, and for this move that Bobby Wasabi hit this buckshot elbow that looked really great, you know, the spin bump worked perfectly. Uh, Wasabi hit. Uh, he, he had him like. Uh, Malachi controlled his left arm and he started like short throwing these short little elbows, you know, one, and then he got really quick. Do, 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 do. And they looked really, looked really good. But then uh, Malachi ended up reversing it to like an inside cradle for a two count. I didn't like this because I felt like that was like it wasn't earned at that cradle, right? I, he was taking punish punishing elbows and like he he then he and then they were back. He was like after the two count, he was back on his feet. I just thought it wasn't earned there for that for that cradle. Uh, the finish, Malachi went for a kick, but Wasabi ducked, and he near and 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 the, Malachi nearly hit the referee. So he's like, "Oh, sorry, ref, sorry, ref, sorry, ref." Now, Wasabi got to go behind, and that's when uh, Malachi just did a old mule kick to the balls there on Wasabi. And as and then Malachi. As, he then hit a roundhouse kick on Wasabi, and then he hit his springboard cutter for the pin. I wasn't a fan of the finish because I hate it when a low blow happens that leads to a finish, and the the heel would do a couple moves to, you know, like a couple moves to finally finish the guy off. It's like at least Mal- at least Wasabi didn't kick out of anything. He just got kicked, and he got the finisher. But get the low blow. Turn around, lock him in inside cradle. One, two, three. Like, really cheat the guy, right? I just don't like when you you cheat like that with the low blow, and you end up just finishing him off with a move, anyways. I just, I just like if you're gonna get the low blow, do it, and you're gonna go over with going to go over, like go over with the low blow, like get the heat, get the people like fuck this guy, man. Like he he just completely cheated there. The referee missed it. La la la. And he can't, you know, he took the shortcut to beat Wasabi, the guy, and all this stuff. But, you know, like, I think sometimes when you beat someone with your finisher, even after the low blow, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, it was better than I've seen. Like, I recently, like last week, I reviewed uh, Titus Alexander and Speedball Mike Bailey from West Coast Wrestling, and, and they did something similar where uh, Titus got the low blow, same kind of situation, low blow on, um, on Speedball. But then he ended up going, you know, then he ended up like picking up Speedball, but then Speedball rolls him up. Then Speedball has a brain butt, and it, like it meant nothing. This was as bad as that, but I still think if you're going to get the low blow, just 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 go over like quickly after that. Steal one, rob one, create it. You know, you, that's what it's there for to cheat and win and get some heat. After the match, Malachi cut a promo, talk trash, and then Bobby Wasabi cut a promo, and it was. A, you know, a good promo for his first time. Looked confident out there. He didn't look nervous. And then as the camera was shooting upwards or just straight into Wasabi, a little up, but straight into Wasabi, from the back, you see Jay Malachi come back out and just clobber Wasabi in the back. And now he's beating the hell out of Wasabi. I'm like, oh, shit, man. They're really going for some big heat here, you know, building up to a reach match. But then Bobby Wasabi ended up getting a comeback and kicking him and knocking him down and so, 
with all the all the cheating and the attack after it was all blown away within you know the post match revenge like he was Sabio he kind of got his revenge there right could have got a little more but still got some revenge um let the fans wait till next week or a few weeks to get that revenge. Maybe Jay Malachi next week does something. Maybe Jay Malachi doesn't even have a match with Foysom. And now you're like, oh, I can't. And then Bobby was always just focused on, hey, I want to kick Jay Malachi's ass. He cheated last time and I want to win. Um, I just thought, I just, I know that's like, let's, pretty, let's send the fans home happy. Everyone that came to see Bobby's debut. I don't know what they were thinking there. But if, if you're going to do that angle, like, do it to get heat on the heel. But when Bobby made his comeback, it blew the heat out. So, uh, so yeah, that was my thoughts on Bobby's debut. I, you know, I liked him. I thought he – I like real athletes in wrestling. I, I just – you know, him as a Muay Thai fighter, you know, as a promoter, former booker, um, I could totally work with him, work with that gimmick. Um as he grows as a worker and I think he's going to be a good one. You know, as long as he stays focused and passionate and listens to the right people and, and, you know, I'm sure promise Thomas is going to give him a, you know, a whole list of uh, uh, thoughts on the match. And, and, and those are going to be great stuff to listen to. I mean, truly it's, it's, uh, you know, one thing I know about promise, he loves to teach. He's passionate about it. And I, I told him that Bobby is a passionate guy about wrestling, so I know he's gonna give his all to that review. So that's that's really cool. So I'm gonna, you know, thank you, Bobby Wasabi, for uh, for uh, sharing your match on the Facebook group. I know it's you know it's it's kind of hard throwing out yourself out there like that, and you know people can be harsh online. Though we do have a great group on the Fight Game Media uh, Facebook group. So and again, just go go hit up the Facebook group. I think you really enjoy that group. It's a very like a smart group of people. Um, we have intelligent conversations about wrestling. Uh, there's some back and forth between people, but it never gets ugly. It's always respectful. So I, I hope you, I hope to see more people in our fight game media Facebook group. It's it's a it's a great community to be a part with. Now, let's hit up. Let's talk about hit up. What am I doing? What am I doing here? Let's talk about Limitless Wrestling. Again, the show is called Hard Not Hard Not to Act Reckless. Why does people always put these wacky, you know, secondary titles on their show? That damn ECW, I tell you. That's what these people. I don't know why people do that. I used to hate that. I never all the booking I did, I don't think I ever had a you know, I had a special event, but I like some were already established, like Halloween Hell or and Christmas Chaos. Like those were already kind of established. I did a special tournament called Super Summer Series, but nothing like, you know, nothing like like progress. Like what the hell is up there? It's like you're doing acid before they make these titles up, you know. And, but it's all from ECW. ECW was like you know, you know, November to remember, and you know gangster's paradise and all these indie guys just followed suit and it's never ended never ended since then so thank you ecw a lot of things you know thank you for the canes and thank you for the tables and all the other bs that you introduced to professional wrestling um no tables were there before but you know what i'm talking about it's just got a little out of control in ecw it's out of control today anyways 
No tables were broke on Limitless Wrestling, thank goodness. No kendo sticks, so that was great. I was very happy. Um, it was... I enjoyed this event. I, there's some matches I, I really enjoyed. There's some matches I did not, and I'll talk about that shortly here. Uh, let's get right into the matches. So match number one was the Shook Crew, Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan versus MSP, Danger Kid, and Aiden Agro. Shook Crew I've seen before. I've seen him on Wrestling Open. Um, Bobby Orlando is like a big personality guy, comes out with this goat and he's just he's like just a ball of energy he's a good worker um bryce donovan i've seen a few times tall lanky kid um i haven't seen much out of him yet but he's still young he just came back from like a collapsed lung um so uh, yeah it's i don't I, it was kind of hard to judge him on this you know just shit, coming back from that amazing msp never seen before i don't know what msp means i don't think they've explained it like I said, one kid's a danger kid. He was a changeling, but never changed. So I don't know what, why, I don't know. I don't know, an Aiden Agro, like, now this match, let me just tell you, was this not my cup of tea. This was a tag team match in two outlandish team. And the end result of this match was just, the entire match was one big joke. And I've booked some outlandish characters in the past. But my philosophy is always start a show with a good, solid wrestling. Get the fans in attendance in that mindset of they're watching a sport, a competition, uh, uh, a struggle between two competitors or four competitors to win a match for money or championships. But this match was complete shtick from the start. It was just a really fake-looking match. And in turn, in my opinion, really killed the credibility of what the fo- what followed it. You know, you got guys like Hammerstone on the card. You got uh, um, Chang Thomas, Gangrel. Um, you know, people were trying to put on serious performances. But you start to show of just saying, oh, this is just all bullshit. You know, this is all just goofiness. And I know Bobby Orlando could work. It's just, I just, I just couldn't stand this match. I just, it couldn't. And then later on in this show, there's another tag team match. Waves and Curls. There's another outlandish tag team, but they're an over tag team. Um, and I'll talk about their match later. Um, but this hurt that match because Waves and Curls is a lot of fun and goofy stuff and a lot of, uh, Comedy, and of course there are uh, a more established and over team in this area, and so it can't be funny by match number. I believe they're match number five, or yeah, I believe so. Yeah, uh, no, excuse me, it was match number six when the fans already saw match number one. The bunch of shtick, right? So. Honestly, I just want to have booked this match. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think it added anything to the show, and it just took the show down. Aiden Argos punches were the fakest-looking punches I've ever seen. They couldn't dent snow. It was just so bad. Um, yeah, so I just, I was just kind of, I was like, what? I was kind of like, 
why did I pick this show to review? Seriously, I almost like stopped it to pick another show. But you know what? I'm going to continue on because there's some talent in the show that I like. And, I, I, and I'm going to stick with it. And that's what I did because I'm reviewing it now. But almost like this match really turned me off. Um, I, I, can, I can appreciate some comedy. I do. There's, there's levity is important in wrestling. It has its place. But when it's just, just thrown in your face like this and just right off the bat and this is all just fun and goofy, it just, just takes me out of the realism. Like you, whatever happened to the goal of suspension of, you know, disbelief. Like we want people to, to, to get in that mode. Like to me, like me, I watch, I analyze almost every match I watch, you know, but when a match is really good, all of a sudden my brain turns off and trying to analyze it to be like just getting into the match. And that's what I know works good, right? And I just I, I, it, it makes part of my frustration because like I feel like every a lot of these indie shows I watch that I cover here on Take It Home Podcast is like they have like four to five of these goofy characters on each show. Like everyone's because of Orange Cassie, you know, getting popular in the Indies for doing his shtick. Everyone's trying to do funny and goofy. And um, it just drives me insane. Like it's like we're losing, like guys are becoming like goofy guys instead of real wrestlers and you know, main event. Like you the goofy guys, I just don't see as main event guys. I I you know, I don't see I don't put them in that position if I was booking. I wouldn't even book them. <sighs> so, I don't know. This is, as you can see, I wasn't really happy with match number one here. Uh, match number two was a four-way. Like, oh, wonderful. You know, I'm like, oh, great. You know, now we just have a, now we had a goofy tag team match that looked like fake as hell. Now we're having a four-way match. And it is what you got with every four-way match. Two guys are doing spots. Two guys are selling the floor, waiting their turn to pop in. Of course, there's a dive out sequence. Um, now, in this match was Mortar, who I've seen from Wrestle Open, Ryan Moody, who I've seen from Ring of Honor, Desmond Cole, seen for the first time, and Notorious Brett Ryan Gosson, Notorious BRG, who I've also seen from Wrestle Open. Now, I like Mortar. I think. He's a this fire hydrant dude that can move. I love to see that guy. I'm not a big fan of the name Mortar, but you know he's he's she's getting it over. He to me he just looks like a, a younger metal maniac, but a better worker than metal maniac was. Uh, uh, I just see like he wears a singlet. I'd love to see him just just tighten up and and get rid of that singlet. Just really just show off that chest and those traps and those, those arms. Like he has like a good canvas to really build an impressive physique on. Uh, Ryan and Mooney's a little smaller wrestler from ring of honor. Um, uh, you know, he kind of the last few shows I watched ring of Honor right before they just kind of took a break. I forget who he's wrestling, but Ryan Mooney cut a hell of a promo. Let's kick it. Talk man. And, uh, on this show, limitless, they would cut some promos, in the show and uh, which i liked it was a very uh, enjoyable experience watching it. i did it was you know then just you know match 
match, match. Hey, do some promos out there, pre-tape stuff. Appreciate that. Ryan Moody had another promo here. He, this kid's intense. I love, I love his fight. You know, I love his. Uh, I just, he's just like you said, one of those. He's a smaller guy, but he just goes in there just straightforward, and I like that about it. Desmond Cole, little shorter, stocky guy, uh, uh, was wearing like overalls. Um, he did a lot of flying. Good little athlete. Um, I like to see him get a tag team partner. Uh, do a nice tag team. I think it'd be a great tag. You can highlight someone that's more ground based, and you can highlight Desmond's flying. Um, I was thinking maybe Encore and him as a team change their looks up to kind of match up. And you know, I think they, I think they'd be a hell of a tag team. Uh, Notorious BRG, Brett Ryan Gosson, like I said, a scene from Wrestle One, uh, Wrestle One, Wrestle Open, excuse me, and. And this kid, he's a smaller guy too as well, but fuck. He's just a, a lightning bolt of charisma. Cocky, arrogant. If I'm this kid, I'm watching nothing but Eddie Gilbert, who's a smaller heel. Like, I mean, he just comes out and you want to smack this kid in the face. He's a little cocky little prick. Um, and he's a good worker too. Good, good kid. Uh, he's another kid I like to see, like, build some muscle on them you know like i'm not telling these guys to go out and juice up or anything like that no i'm not telling you guys to do that kind of stuff but you know there's ways naturally to get bigger and and they're young so they'll grow they're growing you know so uh but i like to see that from them because i think brett ryan goslin could be in a, in a major company i do i really do i think that personality can't be just stuck on indies forever you know um, i hope it's a good per, a booker out there and uh or a good Agent or whoever, WWE, AEW, um, maybe old Freddie Bridge promotion that's starting up. Impact Wrestling, like they, should, I mean, that's that's what's missing. Like, I know WWE kind of did that. Well, they, though, they got, they did, you know, like the diamonds are rough, and then towards BRG is a diamond are rough, really. Um, uh, like I said, I like all four of these guys. I just hated the match, I just hated like four way, like, okay, you know, I'm just like. Come on, like I would have cut the first match out, not have that match at all, and would have split this into two ta- two singles matches. Excuse me. Um, I would have had Brett Ryan Goslin versus uh, Ryan Mooney. I think they would have a fantastic match. Ryan Mooney would be booked as the babyface, of course. And then Des- Desmond Cole and Mortar. You know, uh, Mortar would be a nice base for Desmond Cole to do his flying. Um, you know, keep them both short matches, six minutes. I mean, that's to me, it's not short. There's, you know, I'm talking about bell to bell. You know, that's a lot of time to tell a good story, get the fans, you know, excited into what they're watching and get them into wrestling. You know, just nice little short matches to kind of get people like, all right, man, and start gearing up to the bigger matches. So uh, that's what I would have done and instead of booking that. Pff, that damn time, the opening match, I just couldn't stand. Match number three, Hammerstone, Alexander Hammerstone versus Gnarls Beef Garvin. Uh, this match was a good match overall. I booked Hammerstone early on in his career for premiere. Um, and it was and it's been wonderful to see him grow as a worker. He, you know, um, when I was back at booking at All Pro Wrestling, one of my last shows I did before I just just took a step back because I had my uh my third third child. Um we were looking for an opponent for Jacob Fatu, who was our champion. 
and I recommended Mark Specht's promo. Like, well, Hammerstone. So contacted Hammerstone. He's, you know, you know, worked it out. Happy to do it. And to me, he gave Jacob Fatu Jacob's best match that we had of him in APW. Truly. I was so impressed at Hammerstone's heel work. He was fantastic. Controlling that match. Guiding that match. The pace of that match. I've been so impressed with him. And so happy because he's a good guy. I enjoyed working with him in Premiere. Him and all the other Arizona crew guys that I booked. Uh, Gabriel Gallo, Don Vitale, Joe Graves, who was uh, ended up being one of my champ, uh, one of the champions of the promotion. Uh, Hammerstone was going to be one of one of my uh, future champions, but just never got you know never got that that far because I had to you know close it down. And I just you know my first kid was born, I was like, yeah, no, I don't really want to start doing all the stress of wrestling promotion and having this new baby and going to that next step in my life. So took a step back, but ended up going back to APW to book. But, uh, but you know, I loved working with those guys and I loved work, look, work with Hammerstone always gave me a hundred percent and was always just respectful. And we had an awesome locker room. Premiere. I freaking missed premiere a lot and missed that locker room. They have great talented guys. Uh, Gnarls Garvin, a, a good prospect. Um, God, was it 2000? Well, I don't know what year it was. I posted on a fight, fight, gay media facebook group I, I like to throw a bunch of matches on there it's a lot of classic matches i usually post just you know but every once in a while I'll post some indie match that kind of really impressed me and, and a, a young gentleman named ben carter versus gnarls garvin caught my attention i really enjoyed both i really enjoyed the, this match ben carter of course ended up becoming uh, nathan frazier in nxt uk now in nxt 2.0 um, he's a hell of a talent but i just I, but i really liked gnarls garvin as well i loved his you know, he had this big frame, burly frame, built like a Terry Gordy. You know, like just looked this big old tattoo on his chest. I think is the white trash something. He looks like he's from what the just a you know a poor poor area, white trash area, farm boy. I don't know. Just looked like a, just a tough guy, right? When wrestlers look like tough guys, um, so. I liked him. If I'm this, I'm not this guy. It's like Ryan Gosling should Ryan. Uh, sorry, Brett Ryan Gosling should watch Eddie Gilbert tapes. This guy should just eat, sleep Terry Gordy tapes. Um, um, you know, Garvin's still green. He does this thing. He does these like wild strikes in the corner, and he's like palm thrust, palm thrust. And I don't know. He's trying to do Vader. Or what he's trying to do, but what I tell you, I can really tell you, it look doesn't look good. Um, he just like instead of doing a bunch of wild punches from your right and left, why don't you focus on throwing a good punch? You know, they can be quicker, but they can good. Um, so I'd love to see him work on his game there. Um, Beef does this, he does this spot where um, a guy is hanging on the middle rope facing the outside to the audience, and you know. Beef hits the opposite rope, comes off and hits a flying crossbody in the guy's back. Kind of like the boss man um, move he would do on guys who were hanging on the ropes, but with his, with his you know with his leg over him and squish him on the second rope. Gnarls would do that too, but he would do it the crossbody, and he did that here, and he came he went flying all all the way out and tweaked his knee, and they went right to the finish right away, and he was helped out so. 
Um, I saw on his social media that his knee was a little swollen, so I hope he's okay because this kid has a bright future. He's in MLW right now, um, which I don't, which I thought was a good pickup by MLW. Um, depending, like, I hope he didn't sign a long-term contract with them. I hope he signed like just a couple years to get, you know, get some time in front of the TV, get experience in front of the TV. But um, you know, I think he keeps working on his crowd. I think I, I wouldn't doubt to see someone uh, higher take a chance on because you know. It's good to have different looking guys on your show, um, all shapes and sizes, and they could work. And and uh, he has a lot of tools there. He you know just needs to just kind of fine tool things. Um, Hammerstone won, so it was a good match overall. It's a good match. Now Hammerstone, I love this guy, but I have to get on him here. His post match promo. He. <laughs> He mentions the crowd that he's going to peel back the curtain a bit. And I was like, oh, no. He said on the booking sheet, oh, shit. It said Hammerstone, the whole card, and then Hammerstone versus Beef. And after the match, it said Hammerstone promo on the booking sheet. And he says, you know, he, no one puts words in his mouth. You know, he uh, he believes they want him to put over this kid on the mic after the match. But he doesn't say anything positive about someone until after they have the match and they impress him. No one's going to tell him to just put someone over on the mic. And then he Hammerstone puts him over. <laughs> I mean, I just hate because like, I just like... I'm surprised Hammerstone from it came from Hammerstone because, like, you just just showing like, okay, this is all just fake. I'm um, granted that open maybe he maybe he was like, fuck, I saw the opening match and fuck, they all know this is bullshit now. Maybe that's what he did, but um, I wish. He, <laughs> oh, don't ever do this again. I wish. I if I was limitless, I would just edit this out, you know, because you know, just I know everyone knows what wrestling is, but. You know, you do this kind of promos, like now you're like, oh, oh yeah, we're just watching a performance. And like I said, I was shocked, shocked that Hammerstone did a promo like this. Um, again, maybe he saw the opener and said, well, fuck, no one else believes the shit we're doing after this, that crap. So, anyways, match number four Channing Tatum. Sorry, Channing Tatum. God, I'm all over the place. Channing Thomas with John Out, Buzz Manager. Versus Anthony Green. This was, the, my opinion, the best match on the show. Shane Thomas is a hell of a young prospect. I've watched him a few times in uh, Wrestling Open. And a few others, I really, he impressed me in Wrestle Open. I love this look. I really dived into his matches on YouTube. I was really impressed with this youngster. Um, story in the match, Shane Thomas is a heel, but he wanted to beat Anthony Green on his own and didn't want no involvement from his manager, John Alba. Uh, John Alba with T's interfering, but hold back from doing it. Um, both Thomas and Green had a very good back and forth match. Like I said, this is uh, the best match so far that I've seen on this show. Uh, Channing Thomas did this crazy crash and burn dive off the floor. Now, this ring was a lower ring. It didn't take much to step into it. Um, it wasn't as low as the Georgia Championship Wrestling Stevie Studio ring, which was the... Um, the ring post saw down, but it was, you know, it was low and it was kind of awkward. I used to, I never used to like those rings because it just felt so awkward that you're just like, oh, shut up, I need to step that high to get to this damn ring. Um, 
and visually looked it just looks weird right after you know don't really see too many of those rings at least i don't in the shows i've watched um and it also looked like a 16 by 16 ring which i'm not a fan of um normally but i've seen a lot more of those on the shows i've been covering um but i, I prefer the 18 but you know that's what they have and Guys were working with this. Some guys were, uh, you could tell, was like, oh, shoot. We're, you know, once you hit a movie, like, right, you know, bouncing up and you're close to the ropes already and stuff. So, but anyways, so he does this dive out, crashing and burns the floor. Even though it's a shorter way down, it's still, you're crashing and burning the floor. It's like, don't, worry, I don't waste those crazy bumps on this, on just any old show, you know, like, not saying limitless is any old show. It's just, you know, like, it's a, a lot of things can go wrong there. If he doesn't if he doesn't land right um then anthony green hit this awesome dive out just came off and hit the dive on his own that that looked really cool um thomas had a green pin but that's when uh, thomas's manager john alba jumped up on the apron and extracted referee uh thomas saw this yelled alba then when the alba turned around green you know was back on his feet and hit his finisher for the pin i, I thought they could have done a subtle more subtle more clever way to do this whole finishing sequence um trying to figure out how i would book it. i never really booked anything like that because i just you know I, you know maybe you could trip you, john finally trips the wrong guy you know trips his own guy excuse me or um you know something like that where uh john's about to interfere when the when green had the advantage but tom thomas is clearly reversing it and getting control and then he does um, you know, maybe Alba comes and interferes, but then the referee sees it and disqualifies Thomas. He could have done that. I don't know. You could just a couple ways. To, I just, you know, it was kind of bizarre because at the end, like, you know, John Alba's like trying to, like, hey, you could, you know, tell Chan Thomas, like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, but then he just ends up kicking him out of the group. Uh, but Channing Thomas also quit the group. He was hot as manager for interfering and, um, you know, John Alba tried to lose out of it, but ultimately he tacked his by, by Steve Mates. There's a member named Mac Daniels out there who didn't wrestle, but he was out there. And who, you know, who actually threw nice little some punches on the downed Chang Thomas. So I gotta go see this Mac Daniels work. Hopefully in the near future here. And then uh John Alba told notorious BRG who was out there too to hit Chang Thomas with the belt, but BRG was hesitant because that's his, like his really good friend, but he still does it anyways. Um, yeah, it's kind of a little, it's a little overbooked, uh, little overbooked ending here. But uh, overall, I, I like I liked the match a lot. Next matchup was match number five: Brad Cashew with manager Dean Fernacola versus Gangrel Grelly. Um, Known Gangrel for a very long time, booked him in APW. Um, he was, my, you know, when I first started managing, um, before when I started, I was just, you know, volunteering and then ended up being play by play, doing a bunch of other shit and then um, stuff for APW. And finally, they just made me a manager one day. And um, I remember my first name guy I worked with was Gangrel. It was in Bakersfield. It was like in a mall. <laughs> The promoter of that show was Billy Blade, um, and Billy Blade actually had like a he idolized Gangrel. He had blonde hair. He just like looked like a smaller Gangrel. Uh, booked him to be his tag team partner. 
Uh, I think they were, they were called Bloodline, and so Bloodline was booked against my the team. I my first team I ever managed called the Mafia. A lot of creative names in the APW at the time, um, and and I just remember like being a little nervous because I you know, at the time I didn't, I didn't, the first time I met Gangrel was on this show obviously, and we get in this locker room and it's like in this mall, <laughs> this like wacky tobacco mall like it was just out there all these different random stores i mean i know malls are random stores but like just almost just like regular homeowner vendors i don't know it was bizarre but we we're like in the food court area so you know grab your popcorn and hot dog and uh and uh and churro and watch some uh pro wrestling while you're there and we had a decent little crowd there you know for what it was and um we're like I said, we all stuff in this damn uh, closet for a locker room. I remember uh, Mike Nichols being there from Australia. Hartley Jackson was there from Australia. They came up from the Japan Dojo. Fucking great dudes. Um, but Gangro was there, and I, I was a little intimidated at first because I didn't know. I just didn't, you know what to expect. You know, this guy have an attitude. He's gonna be like, oh, but not fucking the coolest dude ever. Sat down. And we never talked about the match too much. We talked. He wanted to talk college football. So here I am sitting there talking college football with the vampires. You know, fucking bizarre. And I, that's what I love about wrestling. It was just as wacky. Finally, we ended up going over some stuff in the match. Nothing too great detail. A couple cutoffs. Cutoff spot. The finish. Blah, blah. I was going to interfere and get and get knocked down from my guy as I, you know, as Green Girl had me as I popped up on the apron. And I remember I was a little nervous because I was like, fuck, this guy's a giant, right? He really is like deceptively big. Like he just, you know, when he's in WWF, they're like, oh shit, you know, he's he looked like an average guy, you know, because he has so much big guys in. But like, but like, you know, he's a big dude. And I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a short little manager, right? So I remember I go up to the locker room and I go, excuse me, sir. You know, yeah, you know, being respectful and all that shit. And uh, I'm like, so you're gonna I'm gonna pop up trip you you're gonna grab me pull me up and and then my guy who is Venice DeMarco one half of the tag the tag team I was managing is gonna come out come at you but you're gonna move and he's gonna hit me off the you know bump bump me off the, the apron there he's like yeah 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 that's what we're gonna do he's like I have a dumb question He's and he was really cool he's like Bro, no dumb questions. You know, uh, you know, what's your concern? He's like, and I was like, I just, it's dumb. And he's like, dude, no dumb questions. Like, let's make sure we get it right. Like, I want to make it look good. And that's that right there told me a lot. I'm thinking like, okay, this guy, he's been on TV. Now he's in a mall. Like, he probably doesn't give a shit. But he did. He really did. He, he really wanted to go have a good performance. And, you know, give the people a good show. And so, and I was like, you know, how am I going to, you know, I'm supposed to, and he, and he, cause he wanted me to get in the Iggy, like when the move, my guy's coming. So I'm like, now I'm supposed to give you the, you know, the sign, you know, when the move. So my guy can crash to me. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, don't do it too early. You know, like he's like, he's like, you you know, and I was like, well, my, my concern is like, how do I see him coming? I know he's coming, 
but I can't see because you're so big. Like, you're a massive human being compared to myself. Like, you block out the whole other side of the ring, in my opinion. So, he's like, that's a good point. So, what if I just gear back, like, show the people I'm going to punch you? Like, I want to hit this little bastard. Um, and then, as I gear back, you can visually see the guy coming. I'm like, perfect. And that's what we did. And I, I made sure I, you know, didn't do it too early and... I got hit off the apron. I remember I took a little bip. And then I, as I took a little bip off the apron, as I rolled, there's like the, actually the damn timekeeper's table was very close. But for, I just kind of rolled over and I slapped the table with my hand real quick to make a sound. And I remember my, my buddy Tom Caster was like, oh, I thought you hit your head or something. And I'm like, no, no, I just slapped the hand. I'm going to make a nice little boom because there's no fans on that side as that's where the ring announcer was and the sound guy was i just thought like you know just i don't know it's just, like, it just kind of came to me when i just did the bump so anyways long story short that was my green girl experience and of course many other experiences with him um working shows with him um on shows with him booking him always 100 professional always gave the fans a good match all right, running a little long here, so I'm trying to catch up here. Uh, Brad Cashew uh, came out with garlic around his neck. I thought that was kind of funny, um, you know, because Gangrel's a vampire. Um, this match was under university rules, which was just whatever rules they made up to their advantage. Um, Cashew's manager, uh, Dean Fernacola, just, you know, said that university rules means, like, Gangrel can't spit any kind of fluids, body fluids out of his mouth, like the blood and his little cauldron thing that he had. Um, this manager, Dean Fernicola, just what's this? He just played a parody of a wrestler, a manager, excuse me, wrestling manager. Over the top, overacted, just a little too much, man. I, I don't know. It's like it's so fake. It was like just uh, just like being so. Goofy, I it's you don't believe this guy. He's he's just you know doing theater, you know, bad theater at that. Brad Cashew is like this a little guy with a, like a he's a pretty big head. Uh, he could like he really could play like the uh, live action Lord Farquaad in the the Shrek movie. I really believe that. That's what he looked like. Um, had no like you know he's like he's in shape, but he's small, right? Small arms, like kind of reminds me of like Adam Cole. Like Adam Cole's that bigger head and and smaller frame, but. You know, think of a little bit smaller than that, you know, frame. That's what you got Brad, Brad Cashew. Uh, gay girl going to smack looked like he had a, a bad lower back injury or a hip injury. Um, the way he was uh, way he was moving out there. Uh, but he's still working very hard in this match. Really giving his best effort for the fans and the promoters. Getting everyone to get their money's worth. Um, after the cutoff, uh, Cashew was working on gay girl's left leg. Uh <laughs> Gangrel made a comeback and eventually got Cashew in the Impaler DT. Dean Fernicola, the manager, got Gangrel's cup of blood and put it in his mouth. The problem was Fernicola had messed up the spot and got in the ring way too early. So when he got in there, he had this mouthful of Gangrel's quote-unquote blood. And he's looking at Gangrel. Gangrel's looking at him. And then Cashew reverses. And then the manager spits the blood out. But then Gangrel moves and the, the blood, the mist, whatever, gets on Cashew. And and then Gangrel gets the rest of the cup, whatever's left of it, spit in 
uh, the manager's eyes and because Gangrel was the one that could only spit, you know, he was not allowed to spit anything out. He was disqualified. Really cheap finish. Um, I hated that finish. It was stupid. Um, you know, I thought they could have done something better. Uh, quickly, match number six, uh, Art. The tag team just called Art. A-R-T-E. I don't know what it means. It was Aaron Rourke and Ricky Smokes versus Wave and Curls. Like I said, the first match, all, all the shtick and comedy. When they came to this match, it's like, it kind of hurt what uh, Waves and Curls was doing. But Waves and Curls, it's a little better at it. Um, I thought Ricky Smokes had some potential. And so I like to see him, more of him, but not in his, not the goofiness he was doing this match. But he looked like a good-looking look, good athlete and... and I like to see him in a different role. Um, next match was like an impromptu match. Women's match. Ava Everett versus Shannon uh, Lavangi. <laughs> I want to say Falange all the time, but when I, when I saw her name. But uh, I just saw Ava Everett. Uh, she did a tour of WXW. She won the championship there for a short time. Uh, she had a lot of charisma. Bit over the top with it at times. Could feel like a performance at times. To being like <laughs> genuine with it. Um, Lavangi, Lavangi was very green and you know it was a kind of a quick match nothing to really to it um, the main event was for the Limitless Championship match Alec Price versus Rip Bison um, I, this is the first time I've seen Rip Bison but I've seen Alec Price many times he's a good young talent uh, he's a tall lanky kid he reminds me of a young edge um, here he's a baby face, but at, when I watched him at Wrestle Open, he's a heel and he just has that slappable face, man. Slappable face. Um, and you know, I just, he just intense. He's like, he's, he's 100% go from the beginning of the match and just doesn't stop. He just like, his cardio is insane. He just boom, 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 boom. And I think he's going to be a future star really. As long as he stays entry free and continues to just to you know grow as a worker and they add some muscle to that frame, like I say, he's a lanky guy, but I enjoy his work. He's some great athletic things, and like I said, he is a this heel you just want to hit, man. He's unhinged. It just he's just he's he's fun to watch. Um, Price hit a dropkick on Bison, who took a schoolboy bump on the floor, you know, a la Cactus Jack. And then Price hit him with a flying die off the outside. But honestly, the, the bump and the dive really meant nothing soon after. Because after, you know, Price went to go pick Bison up. Next to you know, they're throwing forearms at each other. Standing there, straight forward on the floor. And they move to the other side. And they're still straight forward on the floor. They're, they're burying the referee here. It's going on way too long. The referee has to jump out. Come on, guys, get the ring, you know. And, and if you, you know. If you're a fan, like, why don't you just count them out? Count you guys both out, right? It's just, I hate that, guys. Guys, come on, man. And again, these we got to stop these damn form exchanges and in the middle of the ring or, you know, just letting guys take take turns, taking shots at each other. It's like this Japanese strong style shit that everyone's doing and, and since everyone's doing it, it just never doesn't mean anything anymore or not even special anymore. Uh, they did this a few times in this match and, and really just hurt the momentum of the match, I thought. Um, 
Bison, Rip, Rip Bison must have been a, just a fan of Mick Foley because he was doing a lot of Mick Foley stuff in this match. At one point, he missed a Cactus Jack elbow the floor, and that wasn't sold for that that long either. After some back and forth, Price went with his pressed-looking jump sidekick, which I which I love seeing him do. Um, it's an okay match. Um, I was a little little disappointed, you know, because I've seen Price have better performances. Um, uh, it's just I thought the psychology just was kind of all over the page here, and it could have been a little better. Um, but to me, the best match was you know Channing Thomas versus uh, uh, Anthony Green. Uh, definitely, which if you're, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. There's, you know, there's a lot of talent here on this limited show. There's a lot of talent, but you gotta scale back on the goofiness, man. Like, it's okay to have one act. You know, ways and curls would be fine to be that one fun act of the fun babyface tag team that we have. They do a little fun dance. They do all the stuff. You know, they're entertaining guys. But I wouldn't, you know, just you know, MSP and you know, Barbarella's good. I. I and he's he's a court character maybe him but as a singles but not but like you can't have like the court the quirky outlandish guys against each other because you're just gonna get a goofy ass match that's what we got in the opening match and like I said like I literally nearly turned it off before um before I even finished before I even fin- I was gonna turn go into another show to review and maybe I should, you know so but I'm so glad I watched this and um saw some some good talent and uh, you know. I'll definitely check out Limitless again. It might be a little while, but I'll definitely check in to see if there's some match that catches my eye. I'll, I'll check it out. But uh, So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that review of the Take It On podcast. And uh, I hope you guys all follow me on Twitter, LaRockaJL. Hit me up on there. Again, Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, $5 a month. Please subscribe. Please support. We appreciate you. The ones who do support now, thank you so much. And for those who listen to the free fight game media podcast feed we appreciate you as well and so thank you so much um hope everyone has a good weekend again you know hope everyone has a good mother's day out there and a good time i'm looking forward to barbecuing my family so it's gonna be a lot of fun all right have a good one great weekend guys i'll see you next week take care